iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the game World Cup Daily from The Times. I'm Natalie Sawyer and thank you for joining us. We are here every match day of the World Cup podcasting after 10 o'clock UK time every night. Some podcasts are harder than others, but after another night through the emotional ringer with England, the three Lions make history. They have won a World Cup penalty shootout for the first time ever. I'm sure that still hasn't sunk in for most of you listening. So it will be England versus Sweden in Samara on Saturday afternoon in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Later on, we'll be joined by Alison Rudd, who watched the Swedes in their 1-0 win over Switzerland in St. Petersburg, and we'll be getting her appraisal of England's next opponents. In the studio with me, it is Matt Hughes, and in Moscow, it's Oliver Kay. It was England 1, Colombia 1. Colombia equalising in the 93rd minute through Yeri Mina, cancelling out Harry Kane's penalty. England, though, win 4-3 in the penalty shootout. Ollie, what an emotional roller coaster that game was. It was certainly that. It was so, so dramatic. I mean, sitting in the press box, we, we've all had, um, you know, all of us journalists have had some nervous times, anxious times watching England. I think in more recent times, we've just had, had sort of deflating, depressing times. Um but that was that was a real thrill. It was it was a, I've got, got to be honest, talking purely as a journalist. It was a nightmare from a from a writing point of view. You're trying to get you know um, a thousand words written right on right on the final whistle, so, so it can make our first edition deadline. And then that goal goes in, and it just changes changes everything. You know, it, it, it changes the whole story. It changes the whole tone of the night, and you, you're then sweating on two different outcomes one where everything is is glory glory and the other where it's um it's 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 defeat and i am just so delighted as, as that final penalty went in um that it was that it was the glory glory article and it was well listen not glory glory but it's reaching the quarterfinals which by england's recent standards is glory glory and you know people can start dreaming now i mean sweden on saturday i don't want to get complacent but that's um it, it feels like this is a team on a high, and, and Sweden don't look, don't look um, unbeatable to me. So I'm feeling unusually positive. Oh, okay, Matt. What about you? How are you feeling about this? Um, I'm, but I'm delighted they went through. Obviously, um, I think if we watched the game again, we would probably see that from 60 to 110 minutes, they actually played pretty pretty poorly. Maybe 75 to 110 minutes. So. Uh, I think they'll have to play better to beat Sweden. I thought Colombia were, were really poor, apart from the last ten minutes of normal time and the first period of extra time when they actually started to play football rather than wrestling and kicking people. Um, and I was slightly concerned. I'd be interested to get Ollie's 
take in the stadium of why England lost their way in the start of extra time? Was it just psychological? Was it fatigue? Having said that, I was very impressed by the way they rallied um, in the last 15 minutes and showed great, great character to come through the shootout, having obviously gone behind. So there are obviously lots of positives, but I think England are going to need to play better to keep going on through the tournament. They, um, no, the, the, the loss of momentum in the, in the closing stages of normal time is definitely the case. I and mean, they came under much more pressure. I, I was perfectly in favour of the, of the substitution of bringing on Dyer to stiffen the midfield, and, uh, but it didn't seem to work. It seemed to, it seemed to make them lose ground rather than, um, rather than, rather than keep Colombia on the back foot. And obviously Colombia will go to rally. I thought they, England didn't really cope that well with the, with the, with the first, onslaught that they faced, uh, uh, which obviously culminated in the, um, the equaliser in stoppage time. And then in, in extra time, they did, you know, it looked like they were struggling to keep their heads above water uh, for a while. It's, you know, they're struggling to keep the ball, struggling to get out. Uh, but I've got to say, one of the things that I, I felt about this England team is that, that they wouldn't be able to win this kind of contest if it, if it became a sort of snidey, edgy, aggressive, you know, man against man kind, kind of contest. I, I wasn't sure England had the the wherewithal, the aggression, the, the, the focus to stay cool in that situation. I wasn't sure that they had the resilience to suffer a blow like that uh, and then respond to it belatedly in, in, in extra time and on penalties. And I, I thought, you know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't convinced that they had the the bottle to, to, to win a penalty shootout, particularly having, having missed, having been the first to miss. And so to me, that was a performance that answered a lot more questions than, about this England team than, than perhaps the previous, the, 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 those previous two wins against Tunisia and Panama answered. I, I thought it was, a, it was, I thought they behaved, but performed uh, in, a, in a mature, for the most part, composed and and resilient manner, which, as I said, that is, these are qualities that people haven't really associated with England in recent times. Well, let's sort of focus on some key moments then in the game, and in particular in the penalty shootout. After a miss a piece, it all went down to the fifth spot kicks. Uh, Carlos Backer's penalty brilliantly saved by Jordan Pickford. Uh, what a moment it turned out for him, Matt, particularly after he's been the focus of so much attention this week. Yeah, that's right. I mean, in the first two games particularly hasn't played very well there were unfavourable comparisons with Thibaut Courtois after the Belgian game particularly regarding his height um, and he did look a little bit nervous early on having said that he made an outstanding save uh, to keep England ahead before Columbia scored from the resultant corner and the, the penalty save diving to his right left hand stretched upwards the opposite direction to the way he was travelling was remarkably um, agile and showed great presence of mind. So it's, it's it's great for him. Hopefully his confidence will develop from that because he's made two saves that basically kept England in the World Cup. Mm. And Ollie, what about you? No questions now about Pickford's place in the side? Oh, I don't think, I, I don't think there were any questions about his place in the team beforehand. But I think I think people had... People have talked specifically about penalties and whether you know was he was he going to be a good penalty saving uh, goalkeeper. Um, people were questioning oh, his height, you know, is his lack of height um, some kind of handicap in that situation? Well, it didn't look like it, did it? But I, I would also talk about the, the the likes of Marcus Rashford um, 
what is he, 19 years old, 20 years old, to come on in, in a situation like that um, and take one of the penalties, was it the second penalty, and put it away like that was, was really impressive. Um, I've got to say, when a couple of those players stepped up, I was thinking, oh God, you know, young lads, inexperienced lads, not, not, not sort of hardened professionals in the way that Gerard and Carragher and Lampard were when they missed in 2006. And you're just thinking, God, please, please let these lads score. Please, please let them not have to go through that. Obviously, Jordan Henderson didn't score, but Rashford and Trippier and Dyer, it was just, I, I, I was so pleased for those for those lads and and, and for and and also please for Henderson who who otherwise might have emerged as as some kind of villain in some eyes if if uh, if Columbia put all their penalties away so it was probably a case of one Mackham lad um, Pickford um, helping out his helping out his mate Henderson it was uh, it was it was just really nice to see and and that psychological burden and millstone that that has been for so long is is suddenly lifted. We thought you might like to hear what a newsroom sounds like on the night of a big England World Cup game. So here's how the Times sports desk sounded. They thought it was going to be a dire end to the World Cup for England, but instead it was dire to the rescue. He squeezed it past Ospina, Matt, but you just can't imagine the pressure that he was under. No, but um, one thing we know about Eric Dyer is he's very um, single-minded. There's great confidence. He's probably not the most talented player, but he's made himself, um, you know, a Premier League top four player and an England international. And he hasn't hasn't played much in this tournament, so for him to come on uh, and score the decisive um, penalty, all a bit of a bit of misfortune because Ospina really should have done better I, I felt as a testament to his to his character and will be important to him because I, I know he's wanted to play start games expected to be starting at this World Cup so he's been disappointed at, at not doing so it's, it's a great great moment for him and I also I enjoy the fact that they all went to Pickford straight away and celebrated as a team there's a real unity in this group of young players um, even the captain Kane he's obviously the most important player but whether it was Beckham or Rooney or Gerrard, there were kind of one or two superstars who were sort of above the group, I felt, and this isn't the case with this group, and I think that's massively beneficial and shows Southgate's done a great job. Uh, having said all that then, uh, Ollie, will it be the same starting eleven to take on Sweden? Um, I would expect so. I mean, I mean, there's, what, what, four days, four days, is it? It's not, it's not the longest recovery period that they'll have had in this, um, this tournament. It, there'll be a few aches and strains after that game. I mean, it, Ashley Young um, took a few blows and, and obviously Deli Ali went off. We don't know whether that was um, yet through, through injury or, or, or tiredness or, or, or whatever, but it's, I would think I'd, in an ideal situation, yes, he would play the same um, 11. I mean, I know a lot of people have have questioned the form of Raheem Sterling and have said, well, he's, he's not scoring. What is he doing? I thought he had a really effective game uh, for whatever it was, 75, 80 minutes um, tonight and, and was stretching the, the, the Columbia defence in, in a way that nobody else was really able to. Um, I think that, yeah, I, I, I think it would be the same, the same lineup uh, against Sweden, ideally, but obviously if, if people are struggling fitness-wise, then... then you know, we might be looking at perhaps Danny Rose for Ashley Young or, or, or 
maybe Ruben Loftus-Cheek comes in. I don't know, but it, I'm sure ideally Southgate would stick with what is clearly his favourite eleven. Uh, Matt mentioned that there are, there's no superstar in the squad as such. It is a unified team, so it appears. But what did you make of Harry Kane's performance and, and performance as a whole so far in this tournament, Ollie? I think what, what really impresses me about, about Kane is his composure um, and his discipline and, and the work. I mean, he, he, he probably didn't see an awful lot of the ball. He probably hasn't seen an awful lot of the ball in, in, in the three games that he's played. He's not been um, had too many chances in open play. He's he's got what six goals now, um, which include which include you know those four penalties. There's the the the, the, the other the other goals. What one a deflection against Panama, one a one a header that late header brilliantly against Tunisia. He's probably feels in some ways like he's he's due to have a proper chance in front of goal, but but he, somehow despite that he's he's scored. He scored four goals. He's on course for the Golden Boot. Uh, sorry, six goals, um, and and he's he's on course for the Golden Boot. And it's just his his composure in those pressure moments, and the way he's converted those penalties makes you think. Well, if a chance drops from in the penalty area in in, in ninety minutes, he's going to put it away in this boot because he, he looks um, he looks so focused and so ready for for everything. It's mightily impressive. Very strong character and very. Um, impressive and selfless footballer. Uh, as you say, yeah, too clear now of anyone else in this tournament in that race for the golden boot. Now, uh, of course, we can't help but look a little further than Saturday's game, especially when we know how the bottom half of the draw is shaping up. No previous world champions stand between England and the final. I'm going to ask you both, and I know, Ollie, you've kind of already suggested this, but do we dare to dream? Matt, I'll start with you. Um, yeah, I think we can. I think before today we couldn't because we, you know, hadn't won a knockout game for for twelve years. So it just seemed fanciful to see England winning four in a row in in ten days. But having come through a big test of nerve tonight and with the opposition they're going to face against Sweden and then and possibly in a semi final, I think um, it, it's not totally ludicrous to at least imagine, dream England, you know, going deep into this tournament, which hasn't been the case in a World Cup since 1990, frankly. So um, they do have a real opportunity and they do have a manager who will keep them very focused and just um, construct on the next game. I don't I don't think they'll be getting carried away because, you know, they could have gone out, could have easily gone out tonight um, before... Um, Columbia hit the bar with, with with the fourth penalty. England were getting out of the World Cup, so um, it shows how fine the margins are. But um, we should sort of celebrate this win for what it is and just look forward to the next game. Uh, Ollie Southgate won't let the team get carried away, but we can be optimistic, can't we? I think we really get. I, I think. <laughs> I think I've been optimistic from the moment it, it became clear that that. You know, big big teams were dropping out, uh, Germany, and other big teams were were ending up in the other side of the draw. I have been unconvinced all along that England have got what it takes to to beat a France, a Brazil, a Germany if, they, if Germany had stayed in. Um, but I have felt that England are, you know, among the better ones of those sort of middling you know, or that sort of second tier of of, of teams at this World Cup. 
I think they, they were against a very well-matched team in, in Colombia tonight. And I see Sweden of being a roughly similar level. I mean, maybe maybe not even as good as uh, as Colombia. Obviously, they're a team who, who have more than punched their weight at this tournament. They've, they've been more than the sum of their parts. And then, you know, in, in, in this half of the draw with, with Russia, Croatia, Sweden... No one of those four teams should be terrified of of, of, of any other. I, I would say Croatia are the strongest of the four, uh, but they're not world beaters. Or well, remind me of that in, in a couple of weeks if they want it. But but but, they, but no, they, they to me they're not one of the top two teams in, in, in the in the in the tournament. The top teams are on the other side of the draw. England will not have to be sensational, incredible, out of this world to reach the final. They've got an incredible opportunity and. I thought from the moment the draw was made in December, well, the draw was the draw was kind, and so maybe they'll get uh, you know maybe they'll get some momentum in this tournament. But now I'm thinking, well, the draw's kind; it could get them to the final if they if they if they seize the day if, if they you know if they perform on those occasions. So unbelievable opportunity, and and I, I do quite fancy England to get to the final. Voiceover describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. Voiceover on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Game, World Cup Daily from The Times with Natalie Sawyer. You can hear live commentary of both of Friday's quarterfinals on Talk Sport. It starts with Uruguay taking on France at 3 o'clock. Then the clash between Belgium and Brazil is live at 7 on Talk Sport. So we know it will be England against Sweden in the quarterfinals of the World Cup as Sweden reached the last eight for the first time in 24 years after beating Switzerland 1-0. Alison Rudd joins us now. But Alison, it it wasn't a classic, was it, by any means? No, um, by far the worst game I've seen at the World Cup. And that makes it sound like I've seen other bad games. I haven't. I've seen a raft of amazing games. I feel very privileged and this was really, really forgettable. A very peculiar game, uh, and, and in some respects uh, difficult to draw conclusions from if you're Gareth Southgate, because the Swiss, there was something, <laughs> something wrong with them. It was very strange. They just weren't up for it at all. Uh, they were meandering and not very interested. 
and really only got going when there were you know, just barely minutes left of, of the match. So uh, a very peculiar um, performance. But maybe, maybe um, Gareth Southgate can have a look and a listen also to what Vladimir Petkovic said. He's the coach of uh, the Swiss. And he was asked quite a few times after the game, you know, why weren't your team up for it? They were very flat. There was no emotion, no passion. And he said, it's Sweden's fault. They're really hard to play against. They kill your passion. They kill your emotion. Um, he's watched their last, Ten, he studied their last 10 matches and he, he reckons they do that in every game. They somehow just kill the spirit of their opponent. So, I mean, there might be something in that. They're, they're clearly they're clearly a difficult team to play against Sweden. But they themselves only won because of a slightly freaky uh, goal because the deflection was, was one of those severe ones where, you know, the, the goalkeeper has no chance at all. You mentioned that deflected goal. It was Emil Forsberg of Red Bull Leipzig that got that goal in the end. He's the attacking player that garners most attention, doesn't he, Alison? Well, yeah, he's, he's sort of, uh, bless him, he's the one that's taken over the mantle of creativity uh, in the absence of, of the mighty Zlatan. Um, which, I mean, they're, they're hardly, the, <laughs> they're not similar at all. Uh, it's the first time I've seen Forsberg in the flesh do a presser and... Uh, you know, he's he's just a quiet, unassuming chap. <laughs> he doesn't come out with the, I am, you know, I am a lion, I am God, sort of stuff. Um, so, and and he's not, he's 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 creative. Yes, he's he's the closest Sweden have got to a playmaker. And as the game progressed, he enjoyed himself more, and he he is good. He can dribble, and he's got a brain and he'll check and he'll cut inside and he'll think about where his teammates are. He's, um, I don't know, poor man's Christian Eriksen, maybe that's the closest I could come to describing him. But he's, I mean, he's not one of the world's greats and it, it, it can't be helpful for him at all to be considered the person who stepped into the void left by Zlatan. But, but he did... Having said that, if they hadn't had him, it would have been nil-nil for about six months, I think, because they need somebody just to be a little bit, little bit quirky, have a go, you know, show some, show some invention, show some interest in progressing to the quarterfinals. It was a very peculiar match. Yeah, both sides forgetting what was at stake, clearly. But uh, Matt, Sweden have kept uh, three clean sheets in four games at this tournament, so England will have to work on breaking them down to score. Well, they're going to try and win free kicks and corners, aren't they? That's <laughs> basically the the game plan, uh, and it's worked very effectively so far. I think and expect Sweden to be far more disciplined than Colombia, who in the first half in particular were, were, were shambles. The you know the soft penalty, which Kane won and scored, and lots of niggling fouls. So um, unfortunately, I expect Saturday's game to be. Um, bit of a tough watch to be honest there's so much at stake for both these nations who will both be eyeing a rare opportunity to get to a world cup semi-final i I think it will be pretty pretty tight cagey affair unless um unless there's an early goal which obviously could open things up um but i wouldn't expect it to be desperately entertaining (laughs) well you you mentioned it, it it's going to be tight. These nations have met four times in either World Cup matches or World Cup qualifiers and all four games have ended in a draw. So it's going to be nail-biting, isn't it? 
Yeah, there was a great game in um, when Joe Cole scored that brilliant goal in 2006, wasn't it? I think it was a two-all draw. But they've generally been one-all and very, um, very cagey affairs, and I expect this to be, be similar. We've mentioned uh, Emil Forsberg, Alison. Who else should England be wary of? Well, is it no one in particular? And that is, I'm not ducking the question, because their manager, he he just bangs on and on about the fact that they are, they are, they work as a team. It's as if they got so fed up of being a one-man team that they've sort of recreated. The, the team principle, if you like. I mean, actually, the manager was 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 lecturing us. Did you? He actually said, "Did you not know that football is a team game? It's a team game. Let's remember it's a team game." Because and and there isn't really anyone else for Forsberg because the fans sang one name a lot, and it was the name of the manager. They they, they just don't have those. Uh, other than him, there's no one that particularly stands out. I think it's interesting. I mean, if if England were looking at things to keep them um, optimistic, they've got um, Lustig, the Celtic defender. He's out, and he's so important that the manager forgot he would be out and was worried about <laughs> his fitness for the game. Well, he just won't be there because he was um, booked. So there really isn't anyone that that, that I mean the fact there, there are names we know like Lindelof we we know but 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 they, they there was no one that other other than Forsberg who who stood out really at all they they are they are they did they do sort of subsume themselves into the collective I wouldn't say anyone had a bad game particularly their, their, their effort was great their effort was absolutely absolutely spot on but there was a lot I mean Berg their centre forward. Uh, he had one good shot, which produced one good save. But the rest of the time, his shooting was wild. And you almost feel that England, England could actually, taking on board what Matt said about, oh, this is going to be a very cagey game. You know, you sort of feel that England could actually allow it to be a bit more open because they just don't have anyone that can finish. His, his shooting was bad. And, and you know, managers trot out that, well, he's getting, you know, he's getting into good positions and he'll score eventually. But they don't have any clinical finishes, really. And given that, I think, and England do. So you know, let's have an open game and see who can score more in an open game. And if it is, then it will be England that win. The Game. World Cup Daily from The Times with Natalie Sawyer. We'll be giving you a Times trivia teaser question every day on every podcast as provided by Times statistician Bill Edgar. Last time out, we asked you, which of England's 11 in the 1966 World Cup final play for England in 1975? The only one of the 11 whose international career extended that late. The answer was Alan Ball. Our teaser today, it's a cracker as well. Which former Arsenal player was sent off at the 2014 World Cup following in the footsteps of his uncle who had received a red card at both the 1994 and 1998 World Cups? Tune in to our next podcast to find out that answer. The first of the quarterfinals kick off on Friday with France taking on Uruguay in Nizhny Novgorod at three o'clock. The round of 16 win over Argentina saw Kylian Mbappe lighting up the tournament with his impressive performance capped with two goals. He's just one of a number of, well, key forwards in the French squad, isn't he, Matt? He is, um, and he was outstanding on Saturday. 
as as were France really, especially going forward. But Uruguay, they're really tough opponents, are they? They barely concede, and obviously with Suarez and Cavani at the other end, they have goals in them too. I think you have to probably back France because of their greater depth of talent and particularly more options coming off the bench. Um, but it'll be a be a great game and I'm just glad England aren't playing either of them because I wouldn't give, <laughs> give them much of a chance. But they are sweating Uruguay on the fitness of Edison Cavani. That would be a big blow if he wasn't able to play. It would. He took his goal brilliantly against Portugal, didn't he, when they were rocking. Um, and I, I, expect, I expect him to be fit. Yeah, But you're still hedging towards but I still, I just I just think France ultimately they they've got a great greater depth of talent and they've played they played they started with such confidence um against Argentina if they can replicate that i think they should have too much for uruguay well the winner of france uruguay will then next face one of the teams going head to head in the evening kickoff with brazil up against belgium in kazan uh, it was a straightforward win for brazil in the first knockout round beating mexico 2-0 uh, but they didn't really get into their stride in the group stages but now they appear to be coming good at the right time they do. I've, I've been left slightly cold by Brazil. A lot of people have t- tipped them throughout the group stage as the class act of the tournament. And I, I don't think they are a level above anyone else, really. Obviously, their attacking players are sensational. Um, but Belgium, having got out of jail against Japan, um, and they also have lots of options off a substitute's bench. So I think this game is too close to call really I wouldn't I wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to pick a winner <laughs> ah, but you, you mentioned getting out of jail against Japan do you think they can use that sort of resilience that spirit that winning mentality to to their advantage against Brazil yeah I think so because they, frankly that game was looked like it was over didn't it and, and even I was watching I watched it again this morning actually um and before their winner Japan were all over them Japan were pushing for, for the uh, winner in injury time themselves and it was just a, a brilliantly lightning break from De Bruyne and a bit of naivety on the Japanese part that enabled Belgium to win. Um, so I think having had that scare, they'll be stronger for it. Um, and maybe you know maybe the, maybe they were sort of the group stage was so easy for them. Maybe they were a little bit relaxed and complacent against Japan, and that explained why they um, considered those two goals. But they certainly won't be complacent against Brazil. Um, so it's going, to be, it's going to be a great game. What a, what a day of football Friday is. Oh, it's certainly going to be a cracker. Uh, that is it for now. Many thanks to my guests today, Matt Hughes, Oliver Kay and Alison Rudd. Subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times to enjoy award-winning journalism online and on your smartphone or tablet for just a pound a week for your first eight weeks. Search The Times subscription for more information. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast supplier. The World Cup takes a two-day break ahead of the quarterfinal which means we return on Friday. The game is brought to you by The Times. For more information and more podcasts from The Times, head to thetimes.co.uk. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books. Contacts. Calendar. Double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone.